Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Consumer Review Report. I'm Diane Rebecca here on WFK.FM, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. Heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at noon, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Podcasts of these shows are available on WMCK.FM slash CRR, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. All right, and if you're a first-time listener to the show, we deal with consumer issues. We sometimes do reviews. We talk about products and services. So if you have any ideas on any products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport I'm uh, at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you want to comment on anything that you've heard here on the show, you can also email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also on my Facebook page, I try to keep up with the latest recalls going on with products and uh, medicine and food. So you might want to check that out. But if you can't check out my Facebook page, you can go to www.recalls.gov recent if you need to keep up on the latest recalls of any products. And um, also, I try to keep up on scams that are happening. So you can also visit my uh, Facebook page at Consumer Review Report and keep up on the latest scams from the Federal Trade Commission and the Better Business Bureau. All right, today I thought I'd talk about what I consider the most magical place on Earth, which is Amazon. (laughs) Uh, I'm not a great shopper. I don't like to shop. So before Amazon, you know, if I had in mind of a product that I wanted and I had, you know, pretty strict specifications on how I wanted it to work and what I wanted it to look like, et cetera, et cetera. You know, sometimes you have to go to like five different stores to see if they even had the product and if they had the product that was close to what you wanted. And by close to what you wanted, sometimes you didn't have a choice. Sometimes you'd have to give up something to, you know, if this uh, product had more of your wants than not, then you would go ahead and buy it. But you're not totally satisfied because you wanted all of your criteria met with a particular product or service. Well, when Amazon came along, I I thought it was like uh, product heaven, right? Because you could sit in the comfort of your own home and shop all, all kinds of different products and the exact product that you want is probably there. And so you get to sift through reviews to make sure, you know, is this something that I want? Because, you know, has other people have had a great experience with it? Sometimes when you go to the stores, you don't have access to reviews. And even if you shopped online, like say at Walmart, you might get one or two reviews on a product. But Amazon has like hundreds and thousands of reviews, maybe on just one product. 
So that's one of the criteria I, do, I also look for when I'm buying a product is on Amazon is that, you know, uh, does it have a lot of reviews? I mean, does it have hundreds of reviews and thousands that I could pick through? And, you know, sometimes uh, people put up fake reviews. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. That even though I think Amazon is the most magical place on earth, eh, with anything else, it has its flaws. And one of the flaws is uh, they have a fake review problem and also uh, counterfeit goods. They, and sometimes they go hand in hand. The counterfeit goods post fake reviews so that you'll buy their product. Uh, now, you know, the fake reviews is pretty self-explanatory. As I said, when I go through the reviews, I make sure first that the product has a lot of reviews. One or two reviews, I'm probably not going to buy that product, even if the description meets all of my criteria, I probably will not buy it if it has only one or two reviews. And also, if the reviews say uh, it was nice or it was great, and then that's it. I usually like more detailed uh, reviews, even if they're long-winded. And you know, when I do this show and I review a product and I go through some Amazon reviews for that product, I always pick out uh, longer detailed reviews because just saying it's great or it's nice, it tells you nothing about the product. And that's the same with picking out a contractor, right? Would you pick out a contractor if he had 10 reviews and they all said he's a nice guy or he did a great job, but you don't know what the job was and why he did such a great job and was he timely and, you know, everything measured perfectly. How do you know by just a one-sentence review? You don't. And so he might have 10 five-star reviews, But there's no details on why they're five-star reviews. Well, the same is is what's happening on Amazon, where if they get a couple bad reviews, then all of a sudden 10, 15, 20 good reviews come online, and they're all five-star, but they're only like one-liners or sometimes nothing at all. There's no description or anything, so... There's something to look out for. So how to spot products on Amazon using a few different methods. How to spot fake products on Amazon using a few different methods. This is by Stephen John from the Business Insider. He says to spot fake products on Amazon, you need to know how to look beyond the product photos and sift through reviews product descriptions, ratings, and other data to find the legit and the bogus before you buy because fake Amazon products are fake, a fact of life. Here's how to spot a fake product on the Amazon website. The first step in sniffing out a counterfeit product is to look at what the seller says about the product and the images posted. Confusing garbled language in the product description or low quality or clearly inaccurate photos are huge red flags and may be enough to wave you away from a given item. 
Next, consider what reviewers have said about the products and whether or not you can trust them. Spotting fake reviews is critical as you sniff out fake products and in so doing, you usually have to rely on your own assessment of a review. According to Jason Cohen, associate editor at PC Mag, these companies don't prioritize monitoring what is being done on their own websites. As a result, you get reporting tools that are confusing and opaque. For instance, you can report reviews on sites like Amazon and Walmart, but many don't give you any space to contextualize your grievance. If you are skeptical of a review, check other reviews left by the same person. If there are none, you might be able to write them off as bogus and do the same as every other review they've written seems just as fishy. Also, always take the time to look deeper into a seller, checking the other products they offer and noting any warning signs like consistent complaints or multiple occurrences of stilted language and bad product pictures. If the product description and photos seem legit and the reviews aren't so suspect as to ward you away, look into the details of payments and shipping. Is the product priced with parity to similar items? If not, that's a bad sign. Is the shipping expense and time frame reasonable? Same story. Finally, if there are any red flags, don't hesitate to contact the seller before you buy to ask for more product images, clarification of any questions you have, and more information about their company and their relationship to the product. If any of this can't be provided with relative clarity, it's time you move on. It's usually the safest bet to buy directly from Amazon or a product that at least has the Amazon Prime guarantee rather than from a third-party company. All right, so that gives you some tips on how to avoid counterfeit products and also how to avoid buying something that may have a lot of complaints but are smothered because of a lot of five-star good fake reviews. All right. And again, just go for those detailed reviews. Don't bother with it was great or it was nice. It doesn't tell you anything. Find it. There's a tip uh, on Amazon. Like when they have the ratings, like five star, and they give you the percentage of five stars, four, three, two, one, you can actually click on one star and it'll take you to all the one star reviews. So instead of having to sift through every single review, you can just click on those stars and it'll take you to all the ones. Or if you want to know what the threes were, just click on three stars when it says three stars, how many percentages there of three stars there were. Click on that and it'll give you every single three star review. Also, make sure that there is a lot of reviews and not just 20, you know. And also, it might, uh, it might do you good to try to figure out when the product, how, how long they've been selling the product, right? Because if they only have 20 reviews, but they've been selling the product for a while, you know, maybe there's a problem with that. I don't know. All right, so I have uh, audio from CNBC posting videos on YouTube one is called why Amazon has a fake review problem and the other is why Amazon has so many counterfeit goods. 
Again, it was posted by CNBC on YouTube. So let's go ahead and check out the audio to why Amazon has a fake review problem. So let's take a listen. From counterfeit goods to fake N95 masks, price gouging to disappearing orders, shoppers on Amazon have a growing need to proceed with caution before clicking buy now. Since Amazon's early days, reviews are the one big metric customers rely on to determine the quality and authenticity of a product. Turns out many of those reviews can't be trusted. The review system as of today is broken. Before the pandemic, the, the usual uh, benchmark around our average fake reviews was 30%. The norm has now become close to 35%. 40%. In recent years, thousands of fake reviews have flooded Amazon and Walmart, eBay, and others, just as sales numbers have skyrocketed. And as shoppers stay home, online orders are up 57% since the same time last year, and the number of reviews is up 76%. There's an element where you simply want to trust those stars and you want to trust the numbers, because if you can't trust that, how do you know what you're buying? From Facebook groups where bad actors solicit paid positive reviews to bots and click farms that upvote negative reviews to take out the competition, fake reviews have boosted sales of unsafe products, caused huge brands to sever ties with Amazon, and hurt business for legitimate sellers. We can't compete. We can't surface our products that are new and innovative and truly valuable to consumers because other products that aren't so great are playing this game of review manipulation. We decided to find out why fake reviews have infiltrated Amazon, how customers can spot an unreliable review, and what the trillion dollar company and others are doing to stop them. One big draw over competitors like Walmart, Target, and eBay is that Amazon's listings often have hundreds or even thousands of reviews instead of just a handful. It's so easy, no matter what site you're on, to simply say, the most reviews with the most stars means the most level of happiness. It's just simply not the case. If those Amazon customers aren't really customers, or if they're an organization of paid individuals who just sit there and go five star, five star, five star, that doesn't really tell me anything meaningful about the product. Review software company Bizarre Voice did a study of 10,000 consumers at the end of last year. 42% of consumers are saying that uh, that fake reviews from the brand itself would cause them to lose trust. 82% of those consumers are saying that would cause them to never buy that brand again. The problem is fake and real reviews are getting harder to tell apart. When you have no reason to think it's fake review, that's when the consumer is in the most danger. And as shoppers increasingly turn online for things they'd normally want to shop for in person, like the nursing bras made by Simple Wishes, there's a higher chance of serious repercussions from the purchase of a counterfeit or low quality product. And if the product's Amazon page is filled with fake positive reviews, shoppers won't know to steer clear. We see reviews of people saying that their breast tissue was torn and irritated and bleeding because of irritating seams. And, you know, we see things like this or like this product broke or it tore after I wore it three times. You see those real reviews surface and then all of a sudden there'll just be massive positive reviews. A high rating can also trigger the coveted Amazon's Choice Badge, although Amazon did say it will delete the badge if a product isn't adhering to policy. Amazon prohibits any attempt to manipulate reviews and told CNBC it will suspend, ban, and take legal action against those who violate these policies. For any review, even the most genuine, it always is worth asking why is someone writing that review? What is the incentive to write that review? 
Free products and payment are increasingly common incentives. Sellers solicit pay-for-play reviews through popular Twitter accounts and Facebook groups with thousands of members. So I joined some of these groups just to kind of poke around. And the first groups I joined, there were five different postings from our competitor asking for a review. I felt like I just struck gold finding my competitor there, reported it to Amazon, and nothing happened. UCLA and USC released a study in July that found more than 20 fake review-related Facebook groups with an average of 16,000 members. In more than 560 postings each day, sellers offered a refund or payment for a positive review, usually around $6. Amazon told CNBC it works with social media sites to report bad actors who are cultivating abusive reviews outside our store, and we've sued thousands of bad actors for attempting to abuse our reviews systems. The FTC requires reviewers to disclose any payment or connection to the product being reviewed. On some sites like Fiverr and Freelancer, users get around this by advertising marketing services, a thinly veiled reference to pay-for-play reviews. There's also the more direct approach, where sellers include a note inside a package asking for a review in exchange for a discount or other compensation. It's hard to keep on top of 5 million sellers and 600 million products. There's always a few bad seeds in the mix, and it's the bad seeds that get the attention. It's not that Amazon's sitting back doing nothing, it's that the scope of what we're dealing with is so vast. There are legitimate paid reviewer programs like Amazon Vine, Early Reviewer, and Amazon Associates, which require reviewers to disclose that they've received a product for free in exchange for what's supposed to be an honest review. But Amazon has little way to detect a compensated review when deals are made outside these programs. There's a Velcro panel in the back so you can constantly reset the size and it's always the proper support. Sisters Joy Kosak and Deborah Abbasade designed a new type of hands-free pumping bra and started selling it on Amazon in 2009, where sales took off quickly. But for the past three years, sales have been flat, dropping off after Amazon started to openly court Chinese sellers to join its marketplace. Cheaper bras with an exceptionally similar design to theirs started popping up, getting hundreds of five-star ratings seemingly overnight. When that happened, we saw a pretty immediate race to the bottom in terms of pricing. The sisters have been tracking review activity on listings from competitors like MomCozy and sharing the data with Amazon. Our bestseller, where we used to be um, number 25 in baby, we, over the past 10 years of being on Amazon, we have collected a little more than 10,000 reviews. It took them a couple of months yeah. to, to increase by 4,000. Big brands like Nike and Birkenstock have been so burned by competitors selling knockoffs with thousands of five-star reviews that they stopped selling on Amazon altogether. Although Nike's landing page still appears active on Amazon, the items there are being sold by third-party sellers. They're fake. They're counterfeit. They're either bought from you know Alibaba or eBay, and then they're resold on Amazon. So a lot of these sellers are actually ruining Nike's reputation, and they're putting in all the reviews into the official listing for Nike. At times, big brands themselves are soliciting fake reviews. Last year, for example, skincare brand Sunday Riley settled with the FTC after it was caught encouraging employees to post fake reviews on Sephora.com. On Amazon, if you're not doing some sort of you know, tricky technique, it's at least 100 orders for each review that you get. Bernie Thompson sells about 120 consumer electronics products on Amazon from his warehouse outside Seattle. Competitors have tried to undermine his sales with fake review tactics. We've had people take our most negative review, the one that's most embarrassing, and we've had competitors vote up those negative reviews. So say your competitor has a one-star review on the first page, you can buy 100 helpful votes. 
when they're considered most helpful, they show up at the top of the results. And so you can really harm your competitors by doing that. That helpful box can easily be clicked by bots instead of humans, or by click farms overseas. The ones that I've been contacted are all in Bangladesh, India. Uh, I think one was in Vietnam. They have computers and they've got fake accounts and they basically turned in this whole um, system where they go in and just click on helpful once and then log into a different account and then click on helpful again and so on to where you can just pay for, for basically taking down your competitors. Bots are also getting better at generating convincing written reviews. We actually see a lot of these fake review farms leveraging open source projects from these behemoths such as Google, OpenAI, multi-billion dollar research firms and leveraging it to produce fraud. And by this case, we're producing human-like text that looks like really realistic. Amazon's own algorithms do usually detect these patterns and remove them within weeks. Amazon says, we're going to wait 30 days and if we detect that there's enough fake reviews, we'll pull back those fake reviews. The problem is during that 30-day policing period, the product can generate a whole lot of sales that it didn't otherwise deserve. In 2019, Amazon changed its review system so customers can leave a simple star rating with one click instead of a full written review. This tool that Amazon put out there to make it easier for consumers to give real feedback has actually made it easier for the scammers to yeah. elevate their star rating, just the volume, because now all they have to do is say, all you have to do is click a button. No one can tell who left the rating. You will not see those ratings as a list of authors on the bottom of the page. And we see products with thousands of ratings that have no body, text body attached to them. While a rating can only be left by someone who bought the product, Amazon allows reviews from anyone, even if they haven't made a purchase. We see certain categories have over 90% of the reviews on the product are unverified. And when you look at them, it just looks like a flood of bot reviews. What Amazon does is they give different weights to different kinds of reviews. And so a verified purchase review will have more of a weight than someone who wasn't verified. But the intention is that you could have bought it at Walmart and want to review it. You could have bought it somewhere else and want to review it. And then there's a slew of new tricks popping up from bogus seller accounts to mysterious free Amazon packages appearing on people's doorsteps. In one tactic known as review hijacking, a seller takes over a once popular listing. So you'd have these crazy situations where, you know, our product was a USB hub, but we had to discontinue it. And somebody selling like women's eyelashes would take over that product, change the picture to women's eyelashes, change all the text. The reviews would show these 2000 positive reviews, but if you'd read the reviews, they're not about eyelashes, they're about a USB hub. Another recent tactic involves seed packets from China showing up at hundreds of people's houses who don't know where they came from. The Better Business Bureau warns that the scam, often called brushing, means the seller is using the seeds to generate fake Amazon orders tied to U.S. addresses. Then they can write fake verified reviews about themselves, falsely inflating their seller rating. Then there's sock puppet reviews, which are bogus accounts created by a seller to write positive reviews on their own products. Sellers can also hack into a customer's Amazon account and post a positive review from there without the customer ever knowing. And they're all new products that are getting reviews at an amazing rate that's just not, it's not believable. With so many ways to create realistic fake reviews, some startups have developed ways to detect them. FakeSpot is one of these. FakeSpot launched a new Chrome plugin in May that has a quarter million downloads so far. It analyzes the credibility of a listing's reviews and gives it a grade from A to F. The FakeSpot guard will actually catch these sellers dynamically as you're browsing uh, Amazon and we will offer you an alternative seller that is authentic and genuine that we've seen before that has high customer satisfaction. 
Other online tools that customers can use to check the credibility of Amazon reviews include Recon Bob, Review Meta, The Review Index, and Review Skeptic. Shoppers willing to spend time to vet their purchases can manually spot fake reviews too. The number one way consumers tell us they identify a fake review are multiple reviews with the same language in them. So they're basically looking for patterns in the reviews. The second most important way is reviews that are not actually about the product. The third is poor grammar and misspellings. And the fourth, and I actually think this is one of the more important ones, is overwhelming number of five-star positive reviews. If a product only has you know, two or three reviews that it's gathered over a long period of time, and those two or three reviews look pretty good, consumers actually need to give kind of more trust to a product like that. Clearly, that brand and that manufacturer, they're not gaming anything. If you do spot a fake review, Amazon encourages customers to use the report button next to each review. But whether Amazon will take any action after fake reviews are reported is a different question. We go down these rabbit holes that take a lot of time to look for this information, and then we share it with Amazon and nothing happens, and it's just exhausting. After CNBC brought Simple Wishes complaints to Amazon, months after it was first informed of the illegitimate reviews, Amazon said we've taken appropriate action on these accounts. Amazon told CNBC it uses powerful machine learning tools and skilled investigators to analyze over 10 million review submissions weekly, aiming to stop abusive reviews before they're ever published. Getting Amazon to actually do investigations, quite frankly, they don't have enough investigators to do all the possible investigations needed. When I was at Amazon, there was a time when Amazon had about 20 investigators for the whole United States. There was over a million sellers on Amazon at the time, and there were 20 investigators. In an unprecedented move, Amazon hosted a virtual conference earlier this month to give tips and listen to concerns from its third-party sellers, who make up 58% of Amazon's e-commerce business. When it comes to outside regulation, fake reviews are prohibited by the FTC, but it's a complex issue. Where you can leave a review and you receive some kind of compensation, you need to put in a disclaimer, and that's consumer law. That's, that's, uh, that's been around for a while. But there are different ways that this is now being gamed. There is no law attached to ratings where you can leave them without text. Target and Walmart, they are, they are held to a higher standard. They have to vet products that they put on their shelves or on, through their e-commerce platform because they are liable. And that's the, the huge difference here. Unless Amazon is purchasing the product from a seller as a wholesale purchaser and they are representing as the seller, they have zero liability, um, and, and that's frightening. Last year, for the first time, the FTC prosecuted a company for fake reviews on Amazon. The inflated reviews were for a weight loss supplement that's made with a plant that can cause acute liver failure. You can already see the FTC becoming more interested in reviews. They treat reviews as a form of advertising because of the influence that it has on us as shoppers. Now, Amazon supports a California assembly bill that would subject online marketplaces to the same product liability requirements as brick-and-mortar retailers, despite years of Amazon successfully fighting lawsuits against such rulings. If passed, it could incentivize Amazon and others to better police fake reviews. Amazon owns the keys to that data, and they, they can do it. I know they can. As Amazon continues to help people stay safely at home, the need for shoppers to trust the reviews and order with confidence has never been higher. It's really almost a societal level issue of, you know, can Amazon kind of keep control of its systems and live up to the dependency that we, we have on them? 
And I think they, you know, honestly, they've been growing so fast that they've been struggling with it. On one hand, Amazon is getting better about policing. On the other hand, it's a cat and mouse game, you know, that probably will never end. So, you know, I learned something from that video. Before uh, that audio from the video, I should say, you can't see what the video looks like, but I learned something because prior to my playing that, I said that I usually hold more weight with a product if they have lots of reviews. And uh, I said at the beginning, if they only have one or two reviews and they've been selling their product for a while to maybe stay away, but this audio that we just heard said the exact opposite they said if somebody's been selling this product for a while and they have one or two reviews to that holds more water than somebody who has thousands so see i even learned something every new every day (laughs) you know uh that that sort of makes sense because that means that they didn't have a lot of reviews generated because i know when i buy products I hardly ever leave a review, and I only leave a review if I've been really, really dissatisfied. So it makes sense that how does this one product have thousands and thousands of reviews if other people like me are not leaving reviews unless they're absolutely dissatisfied? So I guess that makes sense too. All right, so let's go on to our next audio from a video posted by CNBC. It's entitled, Why Amazon Has So Many Counterfeit Goods. So let's take a listen. Every year, more than 11 million containers arrive into the U.S. by sea. Another 13 million come from road or rail, and another quarter billion packages enter the U.S. via air travel. It turns out a growing number of these shipments contain counterfeit or fake goods. Seizures of counterfeit products at U.S. borders have increased tenfold over the past two decades. The total value of seized goods, if they'd been real, reached nearly $1.4 billion in 2018. Most are coming from mainland China or Hong Kong. The Chinese counterfeiters pop up so fast, the moment you take them down, another one pops up. The rise of e-commerce has fueled counterfeiting around the world. Amazon said it blocked more than 3 billion suspected fake listings from its marketplace in 2018. International e-commerce sellers must step up and do more. The economic cost of counterfeiting is mounting. The OECD says fake goods account for more than 3% of all global trade, while some estimate the sale of illicit products could result in more than 5.4 million net job losses worldwide by 2022. U.S. businesses are going out of business because of counterfeit goods. We visited one of the busiest entry points in the U.S. to get a glimpse at the influx of fake products and to find out what authorities are doing to stop counterfeiting. Counterfeit goods are unauthorized copies of products protected under intellectual property regulations. Louis Vuitton, Michael Kors, Gucci, and you see this has some rating on us in another language. Sellers try to trick consumers into buying imitation goods by using logos, symbols, and features that identify certain brands. You've probably seen counterfeit products before, like knockoff Louis Vuitton purses or fake Rolex watches. 
some are made using lower quality materials, so they're less expensive to produce. Counterfeiters make money by luring consumers to these well-known brands, trying to convince them they're getting a deal on the real thing. Selling counterfeit goods is against the law in the U.S. Most Americans, I think, have the misguided impression that if, if I buy a, a, a Rolex watch and I know it's a fake because I bought it for 20 bucks on the street, not for 2,000 bucks in the store, who gets hurt by that? The reverse question is the more important one, who's benefiting from that? Overwhelmingly, it's organized transnational crime that is running counterfeiting networks. Counterfeits come in all shapes and sizes. According to U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the most popular counterfeit items are apparel and accessories, watches and jewelry, footwear, and consumer electronics. We got uh, Nike sneakers. One of the first things you look at is you could barely bend this. I'm actually having to use a lot of strength just to get a little bit of bend out of this. Counterfeiters take advantage of Nike's name, brand recognition, and multi-million dollar marketing campaigns to sell fake versions of the signature sneakers. Do you see a lot of counterfeit Nikes? Yes, we see a lot of, a lot of counterfeit Nikes. Consumer products and pharmaceuticals also make up a big share of counterfeit goods. These are especially dangerous because they pose health and safety risks. In 2018, Europol intercepted 13 million doses of counterfeit drugs, ranging from opioids to heart medications, worth more than $180 million. The agency said it's seen a rise in counterfeit medicine in recent years. They're not held to the same standard. They can go under the radar. They don't have to worry about the FDA. Not only is it not going to probably treat the ailment that you have, but it's potentially going to give you other ailments because you just don't know what's in that product. With more consumers shopping online, it's becoming easier for fakes to beat out legitimate products on marketplaces. E-commerce platforms like eBay, Amazon, and Alibaba have ushered in a golden age for counterfeiters. One of the great opportunities of the digital economy is that someone in a small town in Delaware can come up with a really neat product and they can sell it globally relatively seamlessly. But if it really catches on and someone else can simply counterfeit it or copy it, then your competitive advantage is dramatically reduced. AJ Kubani is the CEO of Telebrands, a New Jersey-based company that pioneered the concept of as seen on TV. Hi, Billy Mays here for the Jupiter Jack. Telebrands says it has sold billions of dollars worth of products like the Pedivac or Lint Lizard through TV infomercials. The counterfeits pop up on Amazon within 30 to 60 days of us launching a TV commercial. So now when consumers go to Amazon and search for our particular product, more people buy the counterfeit because it's a cheaper price than buy our original product. This is the original product and this is the counterfeit. Side by side, you can absolutely tell the difference. The counterfeits on Amazon have had a devastating impact on our business. Kubani said he was so frustrated he took his concerns all the way to President Donald Trump. And met with Trump in Bedminster, New Jersey at his golf club we just pulled the chairs up to the table and started talking to them. And once we said counterfeits on Amazon, that's all we had to say, we had his attention. Kubani said counterfeits on Amazon are threatening the business models of companies like Telebrands. The firm invests in finding, developing, and advertising new products. It expects to recover those investments once the products are sold. That's not happening thanks to the fakes. Think about it, you know, if we put all these resources, time, energy, money, you know, the design, make sure the consumer wants to buy it, come up with a marketing campaign to launch the product, and do all that effort and find within 30 days the product dies a very fast death because of counterfeits, there's not much incentive to be innovative and continue to come up with new products. 
Telebrands is one of many U.S. firms struggling to fend off counterfeiters online. In January 2020, the Department of Homeland Security issued a report saying the rise of e-commerce has intensified the problem of counterfeit trafficking and puts U.S. companies and entrepreneurs at risk. It puts them out of business. That's the, that's the cost. Bob Barchese testified in a House Judiciary Committee hearing in 2019 about how e-commerce presents new opportunities for counterfeiters. At the click of a mouse, you could get product and you get it directly shipped to your house. Booming e-commerce sales have led to a surge in shipments of small packages. There were 161 million express mail shipments in 2018 and 475 million packages shipped through international mail. The International Chamber of Commerce found counterfeiters use smaller shipments to try to lower their risk of detection. Meanwhile, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials are being inundated by a growing number of small shipments arriving into the country every day. A rule that allows packages valued at under $800 to enter tax-free has exacerbated the problem. When we're talking about early 2000s, you're looking at about between three and 5,000 seizures. Now you fast forward to today, we're almost pushing 40,000 seizures a year. Not only does it increase the workload and it really gets the officers in the trenches and they really have to spend a lot of time in finding that, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry. We're just scraping the, the, the tip of the iceberg. The U.S. imports more goods from China than any other country in the world. At this warehouse in New Jersey, about 90% of the products arrive from China. And it's the job of U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials to decide which ones are real and which ones are fake. Boulder, Colorado-based Night Eyes is another company that has suffered from counterfeiting, and it's fighting back. It said it removed 75,000 counterfeit listings from online marketplaces in 2019. I would say 99% of the, the counterfeit products that we see are coming directly from China. The supply chain, the components, the raw materials, all of the things that you need in order to make counterfeits, you have those set up in China. In 2018, U.S. Customs agents seized a shipment of 300 counterfeit Night Eyes accessories like these that had been sold through Amazon by sellers with names like Snakey, Max Max Max, and Very Lee Good. We filed a lawsuit to try to track down those counterfeiters. When Amazon heard about uh, the breadth of the issue, they took over the case. Amazon has subpoenaed other tech and financial firms to try to get more information about the fakers' identities. But tracking down counterfeiters is easier said than done. The sellers are really good at hiding their identity. And so they, they put up you know, fake stores with fake names and fake addresses. And so you're really left to find some breadcrumbs. The immense cost of counterfeiting cases on top of brand damage and lost sales are too high for some businesses to take on. Well, there's nobody we can go after for counterfeiting our products. Typically, if a company is located in the United States and they counterfeit our product, we have legal recourse. But if they're based in China, there's no way we can enforce our intellectual property rights in China. China pledged to take steps to lower the number of counterfeits produced in the country as part of the Phase 1 trade agreement with the U.S. China has also pledged firm action to confront pirated and counterfeit goods, which is a big problem for many of the people in the room. The counterfeiting will make sure that this happens and uh, we have very, very strong protection. Some still say China will only take the issue seriously once businesses in the country experience the costs of counterfeiting themselves. I think it gets solved when you have Chinese companies and Chinese in innovation 
and they start getting uh, counterfeited. And that's happening. Some businesses say e-commerce platforms need to be held more accountable. Right now, e-commerce companies aren't usually liable for counterfeits sold by a third party on their platforms. In Amazon's case, more than half of total merchandise sales come from third party sellers. How many more brick and mortar retailers have to go out of business before someone goes after Amazon? How many patent holders and inventors have to lose millions in royalties before the government finally does something? In a statement to CNBC, an Amazon spokesperson said, we are actively fighting bad actors and protecting our store, and we will continue to work with brands, government officials, and law enforcement. The company launched Project Zero in 2019, which allows brands to remove counterfeits from the marketplace. It said it invested more than $400 million to fight fraud, counterfeit, and other forms of abuse in 2018. eBay told CNBC it invests millions of dollars annually to fight counterfeits. Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba launched an anti-counterfeiting alliance in 2017 after widespread criticism about fake goods on its platforms. In January 2020, President Trump signed an executive order that tries to prevent counterfeiting on e-commerce websites. Meanwhile, legislation introduced in 2019 by a bipartisan group of senators aims to give U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers wider authority to seize products that infringe certain types of patents. Frankly, it's more important that we find ways to protect the creators who help make American society so rich and so robust. Consumers also play a role in reducing the sale of counterfeits. Officials say telltale signs include misspellings on packaging, bad reviews, and bargain prices. The bottom line is, if it looks too good to be true, it is. All right, so there you go. And another thing that occurred to me about counterfeit goods is that they can be more dangerous because when China manufactures a product, they don't go by the rules that we have here as far as product safety and things like that. So if they're peddling these products and they're counterfeit because they're saying it's the same as this other well-known product here in the States, it could be more dangerous. So if you get this counterfeit product, you know, uh, there's safety issues involved as well. So that will do it for our Amazon uh, flaws about fake reviews and counterfeit goods. So just keep on a lookout when you shop. Uh, you have to be careful. You have to be careful that the reviews are telling you what you need to know about that product and that that product is not counterfeit and could jeopardize the safety of you or your family. All right, so as I said at the beginning of the show uh, about scams that I post on my Facebook page, uh, once in a while, FTC or the Better Business Bureau will post on their website any scam alerts, uh, things that you have to be aware of. So because we have time in the show, I'll go over a couple that I found. Um, here's a BBB scam alert. Watch out for scammers claiming to be from the Social Security Administration. The BBB is warning people to be on the lookout for suspicious calls that claim to be from the Social Security Administration. Several consumers have reported to receiving calls and being told that their Social Security number is being suspended 
because illegal activity, including money laundering, has been tied to their account. How the scam works? You answer the phone, and it's someone alleging to be from the Social Security Administration or another government entity. The name on your caller ID may even back up that claim. The caller says your Social Security number has been used to fraudulently apply for a credit card or commit another crime. In order to fix the situation, the caller needs you to confirm your Social Security number and other personal information. If you don't cooperate, the caller threatens to take you to court or have your Social Security number blocked or revoked. No matter the details, the stories are designed to induce fear. Scammers hope that under pressure you will tell them your uh, Social Security number and other sensitive personal information. Scammers can use Social Security numbers to commit identity theft and file tax returns in your name to steal your refund. So here's how to avoid the scam. Never give personal information to unsolicited callers. If someone contacts you without your permission, refuse to tell them any personal information. Remember, the Social Security Administration will never call you asking for your Social Security number. They will never ask you to pay anything, nor will they threaten your benefits. Don't trust your caller ID. The internet has made it possible for scammers to use fake IDs when they call your home. If you receive a suspicious call, don't make any important decisions based on what your caller ID says. Contact the Social Security Administration if you are concerned about a call you received from someone who claims to be with the uh, Social Security Administration. You can call the real Social Security Administration at 1-800-772-1213. That's 1-800-772-1213. Yes, never call a number that they give you because that number will just lead to one of their accomplices or them themselves. Someone told me a story this week about how somebody called and said their social security number had been involved in renting in an apartment that a crime was committed and that uh, they were getting ready to haul this person to jail unless they gave them $30,000 as like a good faith down payment on their bail or something like that. Well, she had the good sense to go to the police uh, station with this information saying, I don't understand, you know, what's going on here. And they said, just don't worry about it. It's a scam. Don't answer the phone because, well, she, it, it kept pressuring her to go to the bank and get this 30000 She goes, well, the banks are closed. And uh, they said, well, don't you have a drive-thru? And they're like, well, I don't use the drive-thru. <laughs> so, so I guess they meant the ATM machine. I don't know. And then they said, well, to go tomorrow to the bank. And, and she goes, well, I work. And they go, well, go right after work. You have to really t get this taken care of. And they're really turning the screws as far as scaring her into, you know, oh my God, I got to go to the bank and this is some, I have to get bail money or something. So, you know, they said, we will call you tomorrow after work to make sure that you got the money and that now how we will proceed and where you have to send it and et cetera, et cetera. So when she went down to the police station, they said, don't answer the phone under any circumstances. Do not. 
But what they did advise was that every time this person called, which apparently was three days of calling, they would leave a message and also a number on the caller ID. She would write them down. And, uh, you know, if they said a name, uh, they said what number to call, she would write all this down. And she did go to uh, speak with the attorney general about it or something like that. And, uh, but she said uh, they were so concerned about it that they didn't send her the paperwork uh, to file her complaint for like a month. So they, they're not, that's not really their top priority. But she was smart enough not to panic and to, you know, oh, my God, I got to get this money. And, you know, uh, you know they're good, I guess, at talking into it. And so, I don't know, I guess they finally gave up after three days that, that she was on and they need to find another person to try to con that money out of. So you have to be really careful. All right, here is another FTC uh, alert on a scam. It's called Fake and Abusive Debt Collectors. Have you ever gotten a call about a debt you don't recognize? Or have you had a collector harass, threaten, or lie to you? If you owe a debt, or if you don't owe the debt a collector is asking about, you have rights when it comes to debt collectors. Here's what you need to know. Uh, how to spot fake debt collectors, how to know if a debt is yours, how to spot an abusive debt collector, report fake and abusive debt collectors, how to spot fake debt collectors. So not everyone who calls saying that you owe a debt is a real debt collector. Some are scammers who are just trying to take your money. So how can you tell? A caller may be a fake debt collector if they want you to repay a debt you don't recognize, refuse to give you their mailing address or phone number, pressure you or try to scare you into paying by threatening to report you to law enforcement or have you arrested. Now, how do you know if the debt is yours? Did someone contact you about a debt that you don't recognize? The best way to confirm it's yours is to get validation information. By law, debt collectors have to give you information either over the phone or in writing that includes the amounts of the debt, the name of the current creditor, how to get the name of the original creditor, and uh, here are a few more things to do if you get a call about a debt you don't recognize. First, find out who's calling, get the name of the collector and the collection company, its address and phone number. Do your own detective work. Check with the original creditor. Is the debt yours? Did the creditor sell the debt or hire a company to collect it? If so, is the caller their collector? Dispute the debt. If you think you don't owe some or all the debt, dispute it with the collector by mail or online, even if you got validation information. As you're checking out a debt collection call, remember, don't respond to threats. When scammers threaten to arrest you, suspend your driver's license, or call your employer, if you don't pay immediately, hang up and report the caller to the FTC at ftc.gov complaint. All right, and we have one more scam. Heard about the waiting package phishing scam. Phishing scams can be hard to spot. 
for example, we've been hearing about one where people get a text message saying that there's a package waiting for them and asking them to click a link to learn more. Sounds innocent enough, right? Unfortunately, not. Text blurb that says, Thomas, we came across a parcel from a parcel from March pending for you. Kindly claim ownership and schedule for delivery here. Blurred link. The messages are coming from scammers. In some cases, they're targeting uh, college students. So in that version, scammers text returning students to say that there's a package waiting for them, sometimes claiming it's been waiting since last spring when many students had to go home from campus quickly. Whatever the message is, this rule stays the same. If you get an unexpected text message about a package, don't click on any links. If you think the message could be legit, contact the company using a website or a phone number you know is real. But don't use the information in the text message. Why do you want to avoid clicking the link? Once you click, they can trick you into giving personal information. Letting scammers steal your passwords, account numbers, or social security numbers. Clicking these links could also let scammers download malware onto your device. Also, I heard uh, that if you click on a link too, or even if you pick up a phone call, that somehow that lets the scammers know that that phone is in play right? So they'll keep calling and trying to scam you and stuff like that. If you respond to a text, like I've been getting texts about Ramon, Ramon, something's ready for you at Best Buy or something. You know, I'll get that name's not even close to anyone that lives near my phone. So I don't even bother. I just swipe it or I just block it and just say it was spam and uh, let it, let it, let it go, because I don't even believe it. I figure if somebody really wants me to have something, they'll contact me in another way, but not with Ramon anyways, right? <laughs> so, all right, so that is the conclusion of our show, where we deal with consumer issues, and some of the things that we post on my Facebook page at Consumer Review Report, We do recent recalls, so if you want to keep up on the recent recalls, you can go to my Facebook page at Consumer Review Report or go to uh, recalls.gov slash recent, and you'll be able to keep up on the latest product recalls, any medicines that's been recalled, and uh, any food that has been recalled. You can go there. Also, if you have any ideas on any products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can contact me at ConsumerReviewReport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at ConsumerReviewReport and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have um, any uh, anything to say about what you heard on the show today, you can contact me in the same ways, ConsumerReviewReport at gmail.com. Facebook, Consumer Review Report, and Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. This is the Consumer Review Report on WMCK.FM, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. 
heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at noon, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Podcasts of these shows are available on wmck.fm slash CRR, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. I'm Diane Rebecca wishing everyone a safe and good week.